The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 332. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan. And subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get the best deals on forthcoming courses. That's a big hint because this week a new course comes out. If you're at McClanahan Academy, if you've enrolled in McClanahan Academy, you're going to get the best deal on the class. This is going to be an awesome class. It's something different. I've never done a class this particular way before, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. In fact, it's the first of a series. So it is going to be awesome. You're going to want it, and you're going to want to get the best deal on it. So get over there, hop to McClanahan Academy enroll free of charge, get the free class, and then purchase courses because those courses, of course, help support this free podcast. So it's a great way to do that. You can also go to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep these lights on, help keep the podcast going. You can buy a book plate, get my autograph on one of my books. Of course, I've got a new book out too, Southern Scribblings. Lots of people are sending emails thanking me for the book, saying they're great, they're lifelong Southerners. Somebody's finally, or they're glad to find people finally speaking up for the South. It is 60 essays in defense of the Southern tradition. And, by the way, attacking some of the people who are problematic on the other side. Not just liberals, but also conservatives. So uh, you want to pick that up. It's a great book, uh, and I do appreciate it if you do. You can also support the show by going to brianmcclanahan.com. Click on that Shop tab. Get your Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. Get your Think Locally, Act Locally stickers. Get all the stuff you can do to help promote the show outside of the show, because what we need to do is grow more listeners organically. We need people to come on board, get involved with the message of thinking locally and acting locally, because that is the key to turning this whole thing around. I mean, I don't think there's any question that's what we're going to have to do. And in fact, this particular episode is dedicated to that proposition. So rate the podcast where you get it, share it with your friends, and get people on board. Advertise the show as much as possible. I do appreciate that, too. And, of course, send in your show requests. But this show is going to piggyback on something I did yesterday, which was going after Stephanie McCurry. Now, a few people question why I would do this. Not just in comments on things, but uh, you know, friends of mine who send me an email, what does it matter if you go after these leftists? Because uh, they are, just have their echo chambers. You know, nobody really cares. They're winning. Right. I mean, the problem here is that they're winning. They control every apparatus of every major university in the country. They are invested, or at least the government is invested in using them as opinion makers for everything that has to do with public history. I mean, take Confederate monuments, for example. The left has now made it to where the right, the left and the right, generally the, the mainstream right, conservative ink, they agree on much of this stuff. The language they use is the same. And if you deviate from that, you become a non-person. You become a canceled person. There was actually a website I saw today that talked about, that had a list of all the canceled people across America. And this is not just right-wingers. This is also left-wingers for people doing things on their own private accounts, own social media accounts, for saying something that is not 
in line with what Tom Woods calls a three five by three by five index card of allowable opinion. These people have been canceled, and it's really bad at universities. And so there was an article the other day from Lou Rockwell where he went through this, and of course the article was to promote the Mises Institute and the Mises Scholars, which is a wonderful thing. If you're a libertarian, you're interested in Austrian economics, get involved with the Mises Institute. It's really good. Just like if you're interested in Southern tradition, get involved with the Abbeville Institute. If you're interested in political solutions to some of the problems, get involved with the Tenth Amendment Center. Those three organizations I highly recommend across the board because they are so good about pulling out what's important in American society. We can disagree on some things. Each, each organization has its own motivation, and we don't always agree on everything. But that's okay, because at the end of the day, each one of these organizations is doing yeoman's work to try to ensure that the other side is out there. And of course, I'm in, I, I, full disclosure, I've been involved with all three organizations at different points in my life. So uh, it's, they're all good. Um, but regardless, uh, these are fantastic groups. And the problem that we're facing, of course, with the left and with the progressives is that, again, they control everything. Now, somebody asked in a comment, well, what do we do, right? I mean, I get emails. What do I do? That people feel helpless. They really feel helpless. They feel, I, first, COVID is making this even worse. People are sitting home. They don't know what to do. They're isolated. They don't have any contact with people. But even when you aren't, if everything was normal right now, we were all going out and going to our jobs every day and uh, socializing and doing all the things we do, most people that have viewpoints that are considered to be fringe, right? Well, I would say they're not. I mean, they're in line with the founding generation. But nowadays, if you're not a progressive, you, seem, you feel like you're isolated and alone because you watch the media, they're all against you. You go to the academy, it seems like every professor is against you. Uh, it seems like when you go to work, you got at least half the people that don't like you. If you voice your opinion on political matters or anything, social matters, if it's out, out of step with what you know is acceptable. And then, of course, you can get fired for some of these things. So you feel alone. And uh, the point is, though, you're not. And so people are asking, what do we do? Well, you use what you have at your disposal to try to make things better. One of the things, before I get into the Lou Rockwell piece, and I'm going to talk about education today, one of the things you can do, of course, is where is your skill set? For me, it was talking, right? I have a microphone, I can go talk, and I can go out and promote something. And so, for me, that was it. Look, I'm a historian. I'm not an activist. I'm someone who goes out and I can talk about history. I can talk about the founding generation. I can talk about the South. I can talk about the Southern tradition. I can talk about these things. And that is my skill for helping advance a narrative in America. Now, you could say a narrative is not what, but I mean, we're pushing for greater local autonomy, decentralization, more individual control and community control of their own lives. These are the things that we want. At the end of the day, that's exactly what you want. The real problem in America is that we feel like we're all being controlled by somebody else. Whether it's the general government, the state government, the local government, the school board, the, the, you know, take your pick. Whatever it is, we feel like we're being controlled by somebody else. And it's the left and the right that believes this. And they don't see the root of the problem is centralization. That if there was more decentralization where we have general concerns, which would be commerce and defense handled by the center only. I mean, I can, look, I can buy that. The founding generation was very concerned 
about being invaded from a foreign power. So if that's all we had the center to do, and we didn't involve ourselves in an empire, right? We weren't out trying to invade Vietnam or invade Korea or invade Japan or invade Europe or invade South America or invade Africa or you know, invade China. If we weren't out there trying to do all these things, well, if we were just defending our shores, then things would be different in terms of foreign policy. We wouldn't have military bases in 100 country, over 100 countries around the globe. We wouldn't need that. You see, so that's also a problem. When you get a government very large and foreign policy drives that because you have to expand it out, then that's going to create a situation where you have militarized police and other things and domestic policy. This is what people can't get, right? So this is the issue. It's big government is the issue. Centralized power is the issue, which is why I've mentioned these three organizations that I did, because all three fight against centralized power in their own way. One through economics, the other through the Southern tradition, the other through political action. So those are wonderful choices if you want to get involved in something. Get involved in those three organizations. Uh, but use your skills if you are a computer programmer. Try to help people that are on your side get good websites and, and have access to information. If you're a lawyer, use those skills to help people that are facing lawsuits and other things for resisting some of these unconstitutional federal laws or state laws. Go try to be a judge and start laying down the law. I mean, this is become a lawyer if that's what you're going to do and then become a judge and you can affect a lot of change. If you're a teacher, start promoting liberty in your classroom. And have the intellectual ammunition to push back because you are going to get challenged at times. And not just that, you need lawyers to help defend you if something bad happens. I mean, and unfortunately, that, that does happen at times. But if you do it the right way, I mean, you know, be agreeable. This is something that, that uh, I, I, I don't think people understand. You don't have to be the angry person. Don't be angry about this stuff. Look, I mean, these people are going to work against you, but don't get, don't get angry. Just do what you do. I mean, if you go back and you look at the civil rights movement, and you look at, and, and this is where the progressives, see, what people don't understand, how the progressives got here, it was late 19th century, early 20th century. These progressives went out and they infiltrated local organizations. They got involved in the rotary clubs and the school boards, and they began to push an agenda. It was a progressive agenda. And that agenda then took hold at the local level. They called it gradualism or permeation. This is what was a scientific term. You permeate and then you gradually change things. That's why I've advocated, advocated look, forget running for Congress. I see this all the time. I'm going to run for Senate of the United States. What the heck for? Run, if you want to run for Senate, run for Senate in your state. But more importantly, get on the local school board that controls the curriculum that your kids are going to get when they go to the public indoctrination centers. Or better yet, get on the city council and have a business environment in your city or a cultural environment in your city that's vibrant and uh, beneficial to all people who are pushing a liberty uh, lifestyle. Have that, right? Do those things. These are things that you can do. I've said it before. If you have 100 people, let's just say you have 100 people, and you show up in Washington, D.C., you will not make an impact Impact unless you know, some leftist group threatens you or you know, tries to punch you out or something that's on video. You're not going to make an impact. But if you have 100 people and you show up to your local courthouse... Your local government building, uh, you know, you're going to make an impact. So form, I mean, look, social media is great for this stuff. Uh, form local groups 
of like-minded people and really get active at the local level. Forget about federal elections and do it in a way that's respectable. Don't go chant, carry signs, all this other ridiculous stuff. That le- this is, these are leftist tactics. Don't do that stuff. Wear a shirt and tie. Go and be respectable. Do the things that you can do. Show that you're a respectable member of, community, of the community and that you are concerned about these things and these are the things you would like to change. Become articulate. Know what you're talking about. If I could do, if I could encourage anybody to do anything, that would be it. So see, I do what I do here. And one of the things that I've, I've made a conscious effort to do in this particular podcast is, in a way, if you notice, most of the time I'm wearing a dress shirt or a nicer shirt, a polo shirt, something. The other thing I do is I don't use foul language on this podcast because I want young people to be able to hear it. I won't do it. Uh, I might quote something here and there, and you know, but I won't. Fit, I won't personally use the language because I think it's essential to have a clean image of these things. So these are things you can do to help push the message of decentralization. Get involved, and you're not alone. Form those local groups. Find like-minded people. Ron Paul, I remember years ago, said, "Find those people. They're out there. There's people that agree with you." Find them, because if you do, you'll be happier and, and you, you'll feel like you've got a community. You'll feel like you know people. It'll be good for you. Now, part of that, of course, is education. I mentioned getting involved in the school board. For most people, you know, homeschooling is not an option. Private school is very expensive. Now, everybody's homeschooling right now, so I get a, I get a lot of emails about that. What can I use since I'm forced to be at home homeschooling? What things can I use? And that's what McClanahan Academy is there for. I mean, I've got my U.S. History Survey course is designed for homeschoolers if you want to use it. Uh, but if you just want to do lifelong learning, you can cut out some of the stuff that I gave for homeschoolers. But not just that. Uh, you know, that's great. But what you need to do, of course, is avoid as much as possible or have conversations with your, with your children as much as possible, particularly older children, about these issues. Because they're going to go on to universities, and universities are cesspools. So I want to I read an article, at least a bit of an article, by Lou Rockwell the other day. It was published on the 23rd of July. I thought it was great. Lou Rockwell, of course, was uh, the, well, the founders or the founder of the, of the Mises Institute there in Auburn. And he still has LouRockwell.com, which is a great website if you're a libertarian, uh, even if you're not and uh, you just want to see some. I mean, they have, they have good articles there oftentimes. Uh, but he wrote this article on the 23rd, and the first line is fantastic. Higher education in America today is in a crisis. This is, this is Stephanie McCurry. This is a person, I didn't mention this yesterday, but in 2012 she did an interview for her book, Confederate Reckoning, which is, again, Pulitzer Prize finalist. She was asked on book TV, was Jefferson Davis ever elected? And I could tell she didn't know because she started stumbling around a little bit and then fumbling around and finally said, no, I don't think he was ever elected. He was appointed, but I don't think he was ever elected. And remember, she says, that he only, the one of the differences in the Confederate Constitution, there are many, one of the differences is Jefferson Davis had a five-year term. So she made two mistakes. Here is a quote-unquote expert on Southern history that made two fundamental mistakes in one particular, and within like 30 seconds of each other. Two fundamental mistakes. First of all, Jefferson Davis was elected president in November of 1861, and he had a six-year, not a five-year term. But this is the person that's supposed to lecture us on what the Confederate Constitution means. This is the person that's supposed to lecture us on what the Confederacy means, yet she doesn't know these things. It's embarrassing. 
Now, later on, I guess she learned that it was a six-year term because of other things she writes. But I guess because she had notes in front of her face. You get her away from her notes, though, and she doesn't know anything. Or she fumbles around. And you, you pin her down on stuff she can't answer. You see, but she's an Ivy League professor. You would expect more. I could expect this out of somebody that, you know, they're not an Ivy League professor. They're not there to be the, the, uh, the expert on Southern history. And her book isn't even that unique. I mean, look, if you want to read a good book on the Confederacy, read E. Merton Coulter's The Confederate States of America. It is fantastic. It covers the same ground hers does. And, but it's, no, this is all new. Nobody ever talked about this stuff before. Yeah, well, Coulter did. It's just that Coulter is politically incorrect, so you can't read him. All right. But that line, higher education in America today is in a crisis. The diversity thought police produce pounce on anyone who offers the slightest resistance to them. Here are a few examples. Students at Pricey Marymount Manhattan College are demanding a veteran professor be fired for allegedly falling asleep during an anti-racism Zoom meeting. Students at the Upper East Side School claim Patricia Simon, as a theater arts associate professor, took a snooze during the virtual town hall last month and have collected 1,800 petition signatures. Petition organizer Caitlin Gagnon said action has only capitalized on a pattern of negligence and disrespect that Patricia Simon has exhibited over and over again. Gannon included a photo of the 30-year prof and also accused her of exhibiting uh, sizes staffers. A sizes, by the way, is someone who discriminates against people because of their physical size, i.e. requiring an obese person to pay for two seats. Of course, it doesn't matter if the heavy person occupies two seats. If you charge more, you are still a sizes. If you dare to challenge the Black Lives Matter terrorists, you are dead in the water. A longtime UCLA professor has been placed on leave after facing backlash over his response to, student, to a student's request to postpone their final exam for African-American students. I mean, so this person is put on leave. He says, even if you like Martin Luther King, you can still get fired. So someone uh, at, um, at uh, let's see, where was it? UCLA used uh, King's primary document, Letters from a Birmingham Jail, which, of course, uses language that is considered to be politically incorrect today, but in the 1960s was fine. He read it so his students could read it, and they want him fired over this. This is the, this is the lunacy that we have in, uh, in the United States, in the American Academy. Um, you've got, I mean, this article is great. You've got all kinds of examples. Lou goes through all these examples of people getting canned or at least censored or calls for getting canned because they oppose the leftist agenda at these at these large not even sometimes not even large but these establishment academic institutions it's horrible and this is what people send their kids off to do not even knowing what they're going to get i mean the the, the the cartoons that people make on these things sometimes are absolutely hilarious uh, and what do we do about it? What do we do about it? Uh, this is the issue. What do we do when we have a system that's breaking down? It's more about indoctrination than education. You've got large numbers of students who aren't really prepared to be in college, yet they're going to college. That's a, that's a hard thing. So how do we confront this? Well, the best thing you can do, again, is try to seek outside institutions to educate your children. Don't rely on the public school system. And I know this is hard because, of course, people have jobs, they have lives, all these things. And it's very hard to get involved and try to be you know, front and center in, in, in terms of education. 
Uh, but this is why the things like I do exist. And of course, Lou at the end of this piece uh, it talks about his, the new graduate school in economics at Mises Institute. And so if you're someone who is a graduate student and you're looking to get a different kind of education, it's a great place to go. Uh, I would recommend, again, McClanahan Academy, uh, uh, Liberty Classroom, my, my Learn True History. These, these are things that can be used. Uh, you know, there are great homeschool curriculums out there that you could get involved with that certainly are preferable to the nonsense you're going to get in your public education. These are the things you can do on a regular basis. This is thinking locally and acting locally at the smallest level. Your family first. Sweep around your own back door. Take care of your family. Find like-minded people. That's what Facebook groups are great for. Um, you know, all these things. Find like-minded people and get, in, get together in real life with these things and try to affect change that way. It's the only way. There's no centralized solution to this. Voting Trump's not going to matter. We've seen this over and over again. It's not going to matter. Voting Republican is only going to get you kicked in the face because they're not going to support what you really want. They, they're invested in the establishment system as much as the Democrats are. And they're also spineless. So uh, you're, voting Republican is not going to help. Maybe on the local and state level it might help. I, I know I've talked to some local and state reps that are really good people. I mean, they want to make some change happen at the local and state level. Uh, that's good. But what we really need to be doing, again, is starting from the bottom up and working out. And uh, doing things like self-education is one of the best things you can do. Uh, when you look at the madness of higher education and what's happening, you look at the, the, how the left has completely destroyed it. And real education, I mean, to use a primary document in a class and to be called for being fired for that, I mean, what are we doing? This is what, uh, that letter from a Birmingham jail, this is the thing that shocked me the most. That is in just about every single primary source collection you can find on American history. So what are we supposed to do? Uh, you, you can't really teach it. Uh, if you're going to do mainstream curriculum, that letter is there. So what do you do? If you oppose the administration and what they're trying to do, whether it's you know some leftist agenda, well, then people call for you to be canned. It's, it's almost impossible to navigate this anymore in your mainstream academic institution. So you got to try to find alternatives and, uh, you know, find the people that think like you and, and gravitate towards them. And then again, sweep around your own back door, because if you can do that, your family, you know, think about, you know, have children, your family, those people are, they're going to think like you too, and they're going to have children. That's an exponential growth. You don't, you may not, you're not going to see it, I do have to tell people it's going to get darker before the dawn. It's going to get worse. Uh, this is not over, and it doesn't matter if Trump wins again. It, it, none of that matters. The steamrolling effect is going to keep going until people wake up and say, you know what, we're just not going to get involved in this anymore. And you can do that at the local level. You can have hedges. You can have enclaves. You can have an oasis in the sea of stupidity of America. You can have that, but in order to do it, you got to start working from the bottom up, not the top down. 
All right. So that's my spiel on this. And again, our university's finished this piece at Lee Rockwell. I recommend going to read it. Uh, I didn't read most of it. I mean, I read just a little bit up here, but it's really good. Um, and one thing he says at the end, uh, he says, in the face of this sad situation, should parents encourage their sons and daughters to enroll in college? I don't know the answer to this. Studies do show that university graduates earn a substantial premium over those who look for work after high school. But I'd like to suggest that an alternative may be worth consideration. Um, and he is right about that. Look, you make more money when you enroll in college. You should enroll in college. if that's, Now, if you're going to get a trade, if you want to do real estate or you know, want to go out and contracting, something like that, you don't need it. So think about those things. You know, think about the value of that. In other words, you know, some of the majors you're going to have, you're not going to have the same type of earning potential as you would if you get into a field that's going to earn you a, a higher salary. I mean, this is, this is I mean, that, that's fundamental. Um, but he says, private educational institutions that insist on high standards, shun PC nonsense, and teach the values of a free economy and a free society may turn out to be a better investment for students than the conventional degree program. And he talks about how the market can do these things. And this is, again, side things. This is what I'm talking to. He's, he's pushing the, the Mises graduate program, the graduate school. It's the same thing with McClanahan Academy. It's the same thing with Learn True History. These are what these things are designed for. So get involved. Try to do these things on the side. Try to create an environment in your own life by thinking locally and acting locally. Find your skill. Find your talent. I've said this before in this podcast. Find those things and capitalize on it. That's how you're going to turn things around, even just for yourself. And be positive. It's very hard. To, it's, very, it's very easy, I should say, to get negative. Be positive about this. Live your life. Be happy. Enjoy things. And be positive. Don't be the person that's angry all the time and miserable and all this stuff. Don't be that person. Be positive. It's going to be better for your health. And, of course, when you find your niche and you can do things, it's great. Uh, this is this is where you need to be. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you next time. See you then.